0: three weeks ago how many of you remember what I started with three weeks ago the twelve the twelve apostle and we did the first one Thomas because I came back from India I saw you know the if the the, the impact that Thomas left behind in Chennai and the state of Kerala and so that kind of stirred my interest to find out what happened to the other twelve or rather the other eleven of the apostle today I'm going to do on one character which nobody wants to talk about, but it is so essential that we talk about him, and that is Judas Iscariot. He could have have a, a promising end. He could have been apostle that will, be, that will be sent to many of the nations, but he never gone beyond that. And we are here this morning to discover why. Why, at, at what stage he became disillusioned. It's very important. Firstly, let me share with you the four points about his life. Firstly, the commitment he made. At one time in his life, Judas Iscariot made a commitment to be among the twelve. Secondly, if we have the time, we will go on and we will talk about and discuss about the opportunity that he was given. Many forget that Judas Iscariot at one time of his life had the authority to cast out devil. He had the authority to heal the sick. He had the bread and five fish multiplied out of his hand. He saw all that. He saw Lazarus raised from the dead. He saw Jairus' daughter raised from the dead. He was there. He listened, he participated, and yet the one who used to cast out devils had one of the devils enter him later part of his life. Now if that is possible with him, it's also possible with us. Thirdly, the choice he made. See, all of us here like to blame. When things go wrong, we like to blame the government. We like to blame others. We like to blame our parents. We like to blame everybody else except us. But there is a choice that he made at one time in his life. And finally, the outcome he embraced. The outcome he embraced. Because the Bible tells us very clearly, Whatever a man sow, he will reap. And so this morning, we will look at these four points in his life. And let's start with the first one, the commitment he made. Judas Iscariot was always called one of the twelve. In fact, I'll show you two scriptures. Matthew chapter 26, verse 14. Then one of the twelve, the one called Judas Iscariot. Judas Iscariot had a privilege to be called the twelve. The twelve. And he went to the chief priests. And another scripture, Matthew 26. While Jesus was still speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, arrived. And so you find that consistently in the scripture, Judas was called one of the twelve. Now, why one of the twelve? You see, you must understand the design of God. From the very beginning in the Old Testament, 12 is a significant number. That's why before the day of Pentecost arrived, in Acts chapter 1, after Judas had forfeited his place among the 12, before the Holy Spirit could descend upon the early church, Acts chapter 1, the apostles got together and said, we need to set the government in place. Judas carried and forfeited his right, we need to appoint the twelve. And soon after the appointment of Matthias to be the twelve, chapter 2, the Holy Spirit fell. Twelve is a significant number. Jacob had twelve sons, who later became the twelve tribes of the nation Israel. In the book of Revelation, when you and I go to heaven, you'll find there will be twelve foundations, twelve foundation, twelve gates, Everything will be 12. The 144,000 is 12 times 12. After the multiplication of the the, the bread to feed 5,000 people, there were 12 baskets left behind. When Jesus raised Jairus' daughter from the dead, she was 12 years old. Jesus was at the age of 12 when He presented Himself to the temple. So 12 is a very significant number. It means completion, it means government. And that's why the nation Israel began with 12 tribes. Jesus began His 12 disciples with 12 disciples. So Judas Iscariot was one of the chosen 12. Now, if you have a number plate of number 12, thank God. I know if there's only one here. That's why that car never ever meet with any accident. <laughs> no, I'm not superstitious. All right. Those of you, have you ever seen a car six six six? Yeah. Sometimes Christians can be superstitious. Oh, they like eight eight eight. Whoa, fat 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 fat. But they don't like four 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 because in Cantonese they say say, say, But the Malay likes it. Oh, dapat 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 dapat. So what is poisonous to you or toxic to you to the another race? It's wonderful. But let's not get into that, okay? Let's not get into that, but 12 is significant. 12 is significant because when we read 12, it means order, government, and uh, a special special number. Number two, not only Judas Iscariot was called one of the 12, he possessed a good name. Well, first, after what happened to him, no parent... No parent wanted to name their children Judas' son or Judas' gun. <laughs> Why? Even though actually the root name is very good, it simply means Jehovah leads. Isn't that a wonderful name? Judah. Come from a root word, Judah. Judah means the Lord be praised. Judas means Jehovah leads. Actually, it's a good name. But after what happened to him, nobody wanted Judas. Why is associated with betrayal? Okay, the name suggests. Actually, his parents had high hope for his future. Now, as I studied the life of Judah, I was also, dis- I mean, surprised to discover Jesus of Twelve Apostles. Judas Iscariot was the only one that came from Judea. The rest of the disciples came from Galilee, up north, Tiberias, the area. Peter, James, John. Andrew Philip all came from the northern part Judas Iscariot was the only one that came from Judea now if you if I have the map of of Israel find Judea is where Jerusalem is all right northern part south um, central part and of course the, the southern part so Judas Iscariot was the only Jew that came from Judea and so his family were Jewish people religious people when they named him they name a good future for his life. And I'm sure they were very happy when Judas Iscariot was chosen and appointed to be among the twelve. Thirdly, we also discover that Jesus chose and appointed him. Unlike all the other disciples that we were given a glimpse of how Jesus encountered them, if you read John chapter 1, you'll find that Andrew was the first of the twelve. We'll talk about Andrew sometime later. He was the first among the twelve. Actually, he wasn't even Jesus' disciple. He was John the Baptist's disciple. In John chapter 1, you know, uh, uh, John had his disciple, and then he was baptizing people at River Jordan, and then walking Jesus, and he recognized Jesus in a prophetic sense. He said, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. We have found the Messiah. And then he came to Jesus to be baptized. And then John turned to Andrew. He's the one. So Andrew dropped John, followed Jesus from that time onwards. And so what happened? Andrew, who's never prominent in the Scripture, there were only three or four Scriptures mentioned about Andrew. But you know what was his greatest feat? Some of us may not do great things or prominent things like Pastor Ruben mentioned up here, best dressed. You'll probably be up there among the children's church. But I mean, Andrew is probably one of those heroes up there. But I tell you, he was among the greatest. You know why? Because he brought Simon Peter to the Lord. When he found the Messiah, the first thing, John chapter 1, first thing, Some of us, we need to go back to the first thing. The first thing Andrew did was to find Simon Peter and say, Simon, we have found Messiah. Brought Simon to introduce him to the Lord. And soon after that, Simon became Peter. And you and I know that Peter became one of the greatest apostles of all time. Credit goes to Andrew. It's not easy to play second fiddle. Are you here this morning? Everybody wants to be in a limelight. It's not easy to be in a shadow doing things quietly. Not easy to be, you know, playing second fiddle quietly, you no know, limelight. But Andrew is happily, his job, if you look at his job, he's the, he's the one that introduced the lad, you know, to Jesus with five loaves and two fish. Later, if you look into his life, he was the one that introduced the Greek to Jesus. you find that his ministry was introducing people. Some of you here may not be a great preacher or great teacher, but you have you brought more people to the Lord than anyone. Can I hear amen? Alright, you may not be a very colourful character, but yet in your own quiet ways, you have brought and introduced people to Jesus in so many ways than none. Your rewards will be high in heaven. And so he appointed the twelve, that they might be with him, that he might send them out. Judas Iscariot was among them to preach. Can you imagine at one time in his life, Judas Iscariot was a good preacher, cast out demons. In Jesus' name, healed the sick, had authority over demons. He was among the twelve. Let's look at the opportunity he was given. Matthew 10 tells us what? He called his twelve. Judas Iscariot was among them, gave them authority. He was given authority to drive out devils and to heal the sick. Let's look again. He was a trusted man. Why? He became the treasurer of the group. Now, how many of you here, if you want someone to be your finance manager or the church treasurer, You look for someone that is full of integrity. Am I not correct? But you know what? As I begin to look into the life of the twelve, actually I found out someone more qualified than him. But somehow for whatever reason, Judas Iscariot worked his way up to be the treasurer. You know who was more qualified? Matthew, the tax collector. Hello, you're laughing, huh? He was so used to collecting tax. He was so used to bookkeeping. In fact, if you look into Matthew's life, he was the most educated and the wealthiest. He had two houses. He started what we call today the full gospel businessman. Why are you laughing? Because when he got saved, when he got saved, we will talk about Matthew later. He got saved. You know what was the first thing he did? Andrew, when he found the Messiah, what was the first thing? He found Simon. You know what uh, Matthew did? When he got saved, the first thing he did was to organize a big dinner and invited all the tax collectors to his house, and Jesus was the guest speaker. Full gospel businessman. <laughs> and so when the Pharisee heard that, he said, Wow, your teacher, your rabbi, eat and dine with, you see, tax collectors, they belong to a special group called sinners. Quote, unquote. Worse than the prostitute. Sinners. Why? Excuse me, my denture is loosened. (laughs) (laughs) I pray a day will come that my denture fly out, I'm going to catch it in Jesus' (laughs) name. So who was more qualified? Matthew. He had accounting background. He was a chartered accountant, ACCA. And yet, you know, among the twelve, they didn't appoint him. They chose Judas Iscariot because I, I don't know how he got in, you know. How he became the treasurer. No accounting background. Of course, later we know, later, he was what? Siphoning some into his own pocket. Alright, but he had a reason. Later we we'll talk about him. So he was actually a very trusted man. The disciple had confidence in his honesty. In fact, nobody was so nobody suspected him you know why because on the very last day when jesus three years later when jesus said when he broke bread and say one of you going to betray me this is among the 12. jesus said one of you going to betray me and everybody looked to john and simon and said ask him who and then one by one they asked lord is it i is it i nobody knew for sure now, if you have suspicion among the twelve, this character always out one, suddenly halfway through a meeting is out, you would know and zero in, I know who he's talking about. Judas is Iscariot. But up to that point, nobody had any suspicion. He was so trusted. Nobody could outrightly point, Judas, you're going to betray the Lord. Nobody. Amazing. Until the very last hour, nobody knew why Judas, he was so good as a chameleon. Thirdly, he was a respectable person. No wisest. Actually, if you look carefully into his life, he had no character flaw. Mr. Perfect, Mr. Charming. You see, no record of him. Of course, later we found out of making the rest decision, impulsive like Peter, hot temper like James and John, next Sunday you must come because I'm going to speak on the sons of Thor, sons of thunder. Jesus gave them nickname, sons of thunder. There are many sons of thunder right here. Hot temper, exclusive, really exclusive. They went they, they went to Samaritan village. Jesus said, go and prepare the place for me. What, well, the Samaritan, the half-Jew people didn't receive them. What, well, they came back very wild and angry, like a road rage. Master, they didn't welcome us. Should we call fire and finish them over? They had faith to call fire like Elijah. Finish them, man. And then in another instance, they came across someone who was not among them. It says, Lord, We saw someone cursing out demons and he is not one of us. There are some people who have this mindset. He is not one of us. Shall we stop him? Exclusive. Not one of our church. Not one of our cell members. So stop him. No. You know what Jesus said? He that is not against us is for us. The one we talk about next week. There's a spelling error there. There should be a T, not a C. I know some English teachers find it very offensive. They are so focused on the C, they forget everything I say. (laughs) Judas Iscariot was an influential man. Why did I say that? Because in Bethany, he was able to influence the rest of the disciples against Mary when Mary poured out the alabaster flush of perfume, it was John who singled him out. Judas Iscariot was the one that said, "Why these wakes? la, Chi! That money could have been given to the poor, and then he stirred up all the emotion of the rest, and the rest were indignant against Mary. Isn't that influenza? the ability to stir up others against Mary until Jesus had to step in and say, leave her alone. Next, the choice He made. You see, for there to be a betrayal, there must first of all be a trust. You trust someone, then they betray you. Betrayal is when someone breaks a trust. You have confidence, you trust your life, you trust your career You trust your money You trust everything to that person And he or she breaks that trust It can happen in a marriage It can happen in your office It can happen with your bank account It can happen in many instances Where, where you share a, a very P and C A secret with that person In the name of prayer request And next woman Pao And New Straits Time And Star Paper publish it you betray my trust. How come? And so the word, the Greek word for betray in Greek is paraditomi. It means to hand over or give over. And so Judas Iscariot made that choice. No one suspected him when, Judas, uh, when Jesus said, one of you will betray me. No one suspected. Lesson number one. Having the best teacher and the best example, yet Judas Iscariot turned against the Lord. In the next few minutes, I'm going to share you what has transpired the last six months. All over the world, people become disillusioned. The Christian body hurting because of a few incidents that have happened. I'll share with you. But there are lessons to learn this morning. The right environment, he was among the twelve, hard to understand. Why, pastor, why hard to understand? You see, hard to understand because Judas Iscariot, he was there. How can you convince a man? But you see, when a man's heart is not in the right place, you can do anything you want, it's not going to register. Why? Why I, I, I like to spend some time here, because you see, Judas Iscariot saw every miracle. Now, some of you here, if you have your theology, if you have more miracles, more people will believe. That's not true. Israel has a nation that saw most miracle when they were coming out, and yet nobody entered the promised land. Judas Iscariot was there when they were in the boat, all slept. The storm came. He was among them. They woke Jesus up. Jesus walked up, spoke to the storm, spoke to the wave. Still, he saw it. When they crossed over to the land of the Gadarene, a demon-possessed man, possessed by thousands of demons, wild men, violent men came charging at Jesus. He was there. When Jesus said, come out! Thousands of demons leaped out and went to 2,000 peaks and they lifted off the leaf and jumped into the lake. He was there. When they fed the 5,000, he gave bread to the 12 and the fish and the loaves multiplied right out of his hand. He was there. When on the way to another place, Jairus came and pleaded with him, My daughter is dying. He was there when they reached the house. Jesus raised Jairus' daughter from the dead. When they all went to Bethany, when Jesus said, where have you left the body? They took him to the tomb. Like the twelve standing outside the tomb, they could see Jesus saying in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out a dead body, dead for four days, leaped out. He was there. He was there on the Sermon of the Mount where Jesus taught, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are these, blessed are that. He was there. He was there when Jesus taught them the many parables of the kingdom. He was there when Jesus issued warning when the Pharisees came. Jesus spoke against the Pharisee. It was not just gospel, grace, gospel. Jesus spoke against a Pharisee; He was that. And yet, my friends, how can one who has seen, heard, said, turn his heart against Jesus? You tell me. So having the best teacher, the best preacher, best example, I need to say this, you know why? Because there are some grieving parents here. There are some grieving individuals here. For whatever reason, your children are no longer in church. Your husband or your wife or whoever, they are not in church, and you are blaming yourself. Some of it, yes, you deserve the blame. And you, 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 are, you are full of greed, a uh, uh, guilt complexion, wondering, Lord, what could I have done better? Maybe I could have been a better example. Maybe I should have fight less and quarrel less in a home. Let my children see all these things. That's why, is that why they are not in a church today? Is that why they are not following the law today? Ladies and gentlemen, some of it may be valid, but there is also one call: free will. You may be a pastor, you may be a teacher. If your sons and daughters choose to go other way, that's free will. You may have the best church and the best pastor, And the best teacher, if they, for whatever reason, their heart is not right, if they turn against God, it's called free will. It's called free will. And so the right environment and spiritual privileges alone do not guarantee transformation. Now next is going to be very painful. Unmet expectation. I believe Judas Iscariot turned against the Lord because of unmet Expectation. Now you look at a pairing, all right, that is given in Mark and Matthew. Peter and Andrew, I already mentioned to you, both brothers. James and John, next week we will talk about them. Two sets of brothers there. Philip and Bartholomew is another name for Naphtalium. Okay. Thomas and Matthew. Thomas and Matthew. you, you can always see these names are paired up together every time they are mentioned, James and Thaddeus, and then Simon the Zealot and Judas Iscariot, always in the same pair. Now, there is a reason why they are paired up. Remember Jesus sending them out two by two. There is a reason. Now, if you look at that one, Simon the Zealot, who was Simon the Zealot? Now, we will talk about him later in the weeks to come. You know who was he? He was a, a member of the radical Jewish party that main aim is to overthrow the Roman government. They belong to the Nationalist Party. Now, if you study, remember, the offshoot of this organization is a terrorist organization called the Sakari. I think Netflix make a movie out of it. Sicarii is a word called the curved knife. They are terrorists, they are planted to kill every Roman soldier when they are not watching. So Simon the sea lord belongs to either one of these. The religious sea lord that observed the law right to the dot, and also the extreme one, the violent one, the radicalized one that was sick to kill. They are really determined to overthrow the Roman Empire. And now, Judas Iscariot, coming from Judea, many scholars believe he was a nationalist. When he signed up to be Jesus twelve, his hope and prayer was to see the Roman overthrow. Now, I I can prove that, my theory. John chapter 6. We don't have a luxury of time, but you record it, note it, it start with, the multiplication of the bread. John chapter 6, where thousands were fed. Then Jesus knew that these people, they were following because of the bread. So he got into the boat. You go back and read, it's a very long chapter. He got into the boat to go over to the other side. By the time he reached the other side, the same people who have gone by land had greeted him. He said, these people are after me because of the bread, the miracle of the bread. And so, he took another trip and came back And it was in that setting Jesus talked about the bread of life He said, these people are after bread And they want. If you read John chapter 6 They were determined to make Jesus king They want that kind of a king To overthrow the Roman Empire And Jesus walked away And said, let's go over to the other side And so, Jesus talked about the bread of life Go back and read he said, if any man want to follow me, you got to partake of this. you got to partake of me. And he was speaking in a spiritual sense. And later, the disciples said, Lord, this is a very hard saying. This is a very hard saying. Firstly, they didn't understand what he was saying. They were more concerned about the bread. And then he talked about bread of life. And then came the famous verse in the Scripture, John 6, 6, 6. You know what is John chapter 6, verse 66? From that point onwards, read the scripture. Many turn away from Jesus. They couldn't accept. They turn away. You see, the Lord is not after popularity or number. He didn't say, "Hey, hey, hey don't go, don't go, don't go." Hey, hey let's negotiate. Hey, come back lah. Don't leave a church like there. you see, man, man, Kong lah. <laughs> the Lord didn't say that. And so, when the disciples saw the hundreds and the thousand leaving, Jesus said to the twelve, go back and read 666. Are you guys going also? Are you guys going also? To which Simon, you can always count on Simon, he opened up his mouth and said, Lord, where can we go? You have the words of eternal life. Wow, revelation, that one. You have the words of eternal life. Where can we go? Now, read. The worst after that Jesus looking at Simon and saying I tell you the truth One of you will betray me Why in that context One of you will betray me Why? Imagine you are Judas Iscariot You are a nationalist party You are more interested in recruiting thousands To overthrow the Roman Empire Suddenly you see Oi, 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 oi like that, how, eh? We are losing popularity We are losing number." One of you will betray me. Found out that Jesus was not political. He said, my kingdom is a spiritual kingdom. He was a nationalist, and he wanted Jesus to overthrow the Roman Empire. It didn't happen. Became disillusioned. The healing, oh yeah, spiritual, all this. He's not interested. Never touched his heart. Lazarus, raised from the dead, never touched his heart. There were days where he was just seated next to Lazarus. He looked at Lazarus. Never. His motivation was something else. Unmet expectation. There are some of us here, you may have this problem too. One year later after the election, the optimism, the euphoria of a new government is quickly diminishing. We have so much of high hope on this new government. Now looking at the rubbish that is churning out from this the present government, many of us are becoming disheartened, disillusioned. Again and again, we have been called pendatang. Someone speak against the religion, ten years jail. Another one speak against all other religion, get PR. <laughs> Some of us enter into marriage, high expectation. Oh, Pastor, I found the man of my life, or the woman of my life. I have found my ideal. Three years later, they say, Pastor. It's ordeal. Now I want a new deal. Somehow, expectation not met. Some come to church, they have high expectation of what Christians should be like. Then they met you. <laughs> Don't look around. You, you, you. <laughs> then they met you. yo. Christians like that one. yo. Especially the worst one was those who drive with car sticker. I can do all things to Christ who strengthened me. And then they drive like devil. Then they stumble people. Then the road rage. They take out parang and steering rock. Then they found out the person they want to beat was the pastor. (laughs) So expectation suddenly diminishes quickly. I suspect, I suspect, I got my own theory. You know why Elijah... Went to severe depression. From the high to the lowest. Why? Imagine, alright. First Kings chapter 19. Three years of drought. You heard Pastor Peser preach. When King Ahab, made, hey, you troubler of Israel. He said, no, not, not me. You, you. Finally call fire from heaven. Now, you would have thought after fire from heaven, 850 false prophets demolished Now, what you think was going on in the prophet's mind, complete victory, you cannot deny that. And yet, the next moment, the next moment, he expected, you know what Elijah expected? He expected Ahab to repent, Jezebel to turn over and become good. It did not happen. After such a dramatic, you know, fire encounter, suddenly he went back and said, Jezebel said, i kill you. I kill you. Suddenly, you know where he did? First Kings chapter 19. He fled. If you look at the map, he fled to Beersheba. If you look at Beersheba, look at Beersheba. It's a southern tip near Sinai. He went to the most southern tip of Israel because of unmet expectation. He expected revival to come upon the nation after that only to be confronted with, I kill you. And sometimes... We can just dive from a spiritual camp, all boost up. Next moment, unmet expectation, people stumble us, Christian cheated us, Christian curses. We suddenly lost all hope, like Judas Iscariot. We become even a betrayer. Next one. Now, this this is really, this one really broke my heart. Well, this happened just recently. Hill song. Now, young people, please. Listen to what I'm going to say next. And it applies to everybody here. Marty Sampson. Now if you know him, you just Google his name. Hundreds of his songs he co-composed. A couple of weeks, he said he's losing his faith in God. And he's not bothered. Among the songs, some of it my favorite. Oh, praise the name of the Lord our God. Praise come on, you sing me sing la praise. Come on, forevermore, sing your praise, oh Lord, oh Lord, my God, King of Majesty. You remember that one Zion. Yo, nice, nice, nice. Now say I'm no more Christian. He caught the world by storm. How come an anointed, gifted songwriter who wrote songs that can bless millions of Christians all over the world can come to a stage called crisis of faith? He itemized four reasons why he's losing his faith. That's why church. Thank God for big churches. We want to fill up every chair in this place. But not at all costs. Because at some point, we must move from emotional-driven faith to truth-driven faith. At some point, we need to move from entertainment church to transformational church. Michael Brown, the Christian Apologies, heard about his crisis of faith, wrote an open letter to Marty, Samson Because the guy who wrote all these songs Now is saying I'm not sure I believe the right faith I got the wrong paper Marty Samson is saying He had issues With why many Christian leaders are falling So that shook him Michael Brown and Apologist say Marty Which Christian world are you living in? You see Is a, a point Which world are you living in? You mean you are not aware of the falling that is taking place all over the world? Why does this shock you? It happens all the time. And because of what happened to them, you are having a crisis of faith. Which world are you living in? Which is a very pointed question. You know why? Because some of us here, we are insulated by our own community and gang that the faith that we have is not real. And then, he said, I got issue with the Christian faith because we talk about miracles, I have not seen one. Again, Michael Brown rebutted him and said, Mati, which world are you living in? Because in my part of the world, I see miracles on a daily basis. For someone who can write all these, oh, praise the name. You see, the truth is, the truth is, can I say this? If you're a gifted songwriter, and this applies to pastors and teachers, because if you're in this trade long enough, you know homiletics, you can arrange a point, three-point sermon, you can do it, even without getting saved. While committing adultery or cheating the church fund, you can still do homiletic three-points, no problem, because you have developed the skill. And this goes to songwriter too. If you know how to put certain lyrics together And put certain songs together It's a bestseller But your heart is not in the right place Like Judas Iscariot So Martin Brown said Which world are you living in? Because you and I know miracles We hear miracles all the time And can I say this Which world are you living in this morning? Where there is no tests and trials You are living in an illusionary world and then he goes on to say, I cannot accept that the living God can send four billion people into hell. I cannot accept. Hey, what are you off? I cannot accept. You also cannot accept me. <laughs> Marty, which Bible are you reading? Which Bible are you reading? Sad, isn't it? So now, you really spoil me, you know, when I sing oh, Praise the Lord, I don't sing that song anymore. King of Majesty. <laughs> and then, a few months earlier, you see all these songs, actually, if you Google Marty, Marty Samson, whoa, songs that I felt very disappointed. I know there are times we do question our faith, when there's testing, where there's trials, where it's God. But his reason is, out of this world, I know when the going gets tough, we, we get shaken. Is God, where are you? The trials of our faith, or the testing of our faith, we can know. We, we all know that. But, but Marty, no miracles. You must be kidding. Which part of Australia are you staying in? What kind of a people are you surrounding yourself with? And then, this one, Dave Gates. Look at his church. Now, one day he stood up and said, I'm no longer a Christian. You see, there are a lot of Judas is carrying around. You thought it ended with Judas Iscariot. You know, this is his confession. You know what he said? Who rarely missed church and failed to study the Scripture. I was fully devoted to studying the Scripture. I missed only 12 Sundays in my 40 years as a pastor. I completely memorized 18 books of the Bible, reading for the 24th time, and I, when I walk away. What happened to you? What happened to you? How can you say that? Then the next one. All these happened in the last six months, you know. This guy, Christian alter, Joshua Harris. Take the name down, Google it and say, falling away, I'm no longer a Christian. And he was writing books, the bestseller books on I Kiss, Dating, Goodbye, and his Instagram, he posts, he's no longer a Christian. Wrote many books on marriage and relationship. Oh, make his stand. Dating only start after marriage, not before marriage. And he gave his reason why and all that. And suddenly one day he tell the whole world, Instagram, no longer a Christian. What happened? Where do you put your faith in all these years? It's a very shocking, you know. Very shocking. And finally, musicians, would you come? The outcome he embraced. You see, Peter also failed. He denied the Lord. Judas Iscariot betrayed the Lord. But there's one clear distinction. Judas Iscariot, after he failed and betrayed the Lord, and we read here, he went back, he was seized with remorse. He returned the 30 pieces of silver. At that point, he realized money is not important anymore. He came to the chief priests and to the elder, and he even confessed, I have sinned and betrayed innocent blood. You know what the priest said to him? What is that to us? That's your responsibility. That's your business. Nothing to do with me. And then what happened? After he threw the money down into the temple, he went away and hanged himself. That was an abrupt end. He went and hanged himself. Completely, you know, Overwhelmed by darkness, he went into. Now, look at the difference, right? This one, and I'll say five minutes and I'll close. Now, look at Peter. Peter also repented. You know one one big difference? Peter felt sorry when he denied the Lord. He went out and wept bitterly. But you know what the difference? Peter went back to his community. Listen to what I'm going to say, very important, because that will determine our future. You know why it's so important? Where you go after your failure can make a difference between life and death. Peter, also overwhelmed by the same grief, but you know what? He went back to the disciple again. In the upper room, he was there, John chapter 20, locked in for the field of the Jew, like the rest. He had denied the Lord, and I know he was ashamed. He looked at the other disciple, all were equally ashamed, and there Jesus walked in. And say, peace be unto you In John chapter 21 After he had denied the Lord He was still with the community And said, hey guys, let's go fishing And then they set out on the boat They go and fish all night They caught nothing And then a voice from the shore say Children, have you got any bread? I'm sorry, any fish? Not bread, You see, Peter was always among his community. Someone said this shame dies when stories are told in safe places. You know what shame is? We know what shame is. When we have failed when we have done something wrong, when we have done something terrible, you know, you, you, you are overwhelmed with shame. But you know the difference? Shame dies when story is told in a safe place. The church should be no shame zone. Can I say here amen to that? Your cell group, your house, Parents, your house should be a no-shame home. When children fail, when husband fail, when wife fail, they can always go back to a community and say, "I've, I'm terrible." Peter, I fail the Lord, but a community encourages him. Community encouraging Restoration sprouted out from the soil of community And that's why it's important This is a community Your cell group is a community Whichever inner group, you you, you are a community James Kong came Is he here this morning? Last week, he came out for the first time after suffering stroke Since December Went into severe depression But I thank God there was a group of men Who didn't leave him alone I did my best I visited him in Tung Ching a couple of times Visited him in the home a couple of times But he need more than just me He needed a group of community That had the time to say James, come out for coffee James, we're going to take you out of your house And the group of men here They call themselves Eagle Six Lower him out of depression Encourage him on Say, James, you can't do it You can't do it And when I visited him last week From his mouth I really told him, I said, James I want to see you in the church anniversary he said, How you know I'm coming? I say, I don't know. How you know I'm coming? I say I don't know, but I say it'll be a good anniversary surprise for us if you can come. I'm coming. These eagle six are taking me. I say, who are the eagle six? Then he named them one by one. The suspects are all here. You see what a community can do? Because of the love of God They won't leave you alone The prodigal son was overwhelmed by shame After what he did to his father And he himself knew he didn't deserve anything more That's why he rehearsed himself I will arise and go back to my father's house And I will say to my father No longer worthy to be called your son Take me in as your servant and he rehearsed and rehearsed and rehearsed Shame Shame, naked No shoe No rock But the Bible tells us in Luke chapter 15 When a father saw him from afar off, That father was constantly looking out of his window Why? Because he knows one day his son will come back and if he should come back I must be the first to greet him If my older son greet him He would go He won't come back If the community leaders Have greeted him He has no chance to reach my house And we read When the father saw him The father ran Ran towards him And when he saw his father He was full of shame And he Already practice. say, Father, Father I'm no longer worried. The Father embraces, him Smelling like a pig And said to his servant Bring out the rope Father, Father Bring out the rope Servant Bring out the sandal Took out the ring from his hand And gave it to him Father No home It's a no shame zone Sometimes I think we are shameful Less if we tell our weakness Or secret People lose respect for it They'll never see me In the same light again Pastor, you don't understand Sometimes Some of the pastors They say, Helen How can you simply tell Your church The things that you do They lose respect You make fun of your own I say no I think I gain more respect How can you You know Say these things Because if this church If a church Full with Mr. and Mrs. Perfect Then this church Is not what I want For myself too Because the pastor Is not perfect But if this church is a zone of grace, a zone of no shame, is a restoration zone, is a forgiveness zone, is a forgive me zone, is a help me zone, is a don't leave me alone zone, then we have a good church here. I don't care how big the church is. We are a community. We are a community. I say we are a community. And that's the main difference between Judas Iscariot and Peter. Peter had, I mean, Judas Iscariot went to the wrong company. You know what they say? Nothing to do with you. You go and deal with it. In fact, if you read Matthew's work, the religious people, softer a bit, the religious people took that money, you know, the spiritual people say Hey, this money is haram money Read, read it Haram money It shouldn't be put in the treasury You know what they did with the 30 pieces of silver? These so-called religious people They gave him the money they Say we shouldn't put it in the church offering Because it would defile our church offering So they took the money And bought a plot of land For burial For foreigners who died Got nowhere to b- bury that plot Read your Bible The so-called righteous people don't want to put the money back they bought a cemetery for foreigners church when we fail not if you fail no we will fail church when you feel ashamed When you feel all is lost, where do you go? Some of us are afraid to go back home Because your home is one of expectation Everything must be there If you don't excel, if you're not succeeding as a doctor, lawyer, pilot, you're a failure So many of us prop our home to be like that Our church to be like that Our group to be like that And all the prodigal sons and daughters Cannot come home Because if they do Their shame is even greater But I thank God And I pray that this church is not like that Can I hear amen? Those who have levers will always find a place to come home Those who have failed Those who are so, so ashamed of their past When they come back I hope Harvest Christian Assembly No question us We will like the waiting father Embrace them and say It's okay Shame Loses its power When stories are told in a safe place. Is your home a safe place? Some of us leaders—they're not even confide with one another. How is business? Very good, very good, very good. And there you are, suffering. How is your family? Oh, very good. But those of us who know—everything is not good. How's your church? Why oh, you fantastic? No wonder we have Judas Iscariot among us. Thank God Peter had his community. You know why? Because Peter became one of the greatest apostles of all time. Because he was surrounded with people who accepted Him. Peter. You know, in spite of what you have done, he said, Peter, you still can be our leader. On the day of Pentecost, he stood up and this time he didn't stand alone. He stood up with an 11. Hey guys, thank you for standing with me. Chapter 3X, he stood up. 3,000 people got saved. Amen. I think I've said enough. You agree I say it enough? Less than